Good morning. It's time to talk about Sack City Podcast, which is now sponsored by Manscaped. The best thing for your sack since sliced? Well, sacks. Keep your sack smooth with the new Performance Package 4.0. Inside this package, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for those bushy sacks, the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant for those smelly sacks, and take care of those extra sacks with the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer. Not to mention some performance boxer briefs and a travel sack to put your goodies in. Manscaped is a sack leader with over 6 million worldwide who trust this product. That's roughly 12 million sacks. So join them with this exclusive offer of 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. That's promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com for 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Order your sack saver now and show your sack the love it deserves. Manscaped. Got Bush? Sack City. Welcome into another episode of the Sack City Podcast. I am your host, the one and only Vinny Milani, joined as always by my best friend in the whole entire world. He is Aaron the Mukesiah Mukes. It is a beautiful August 26th morning here in the city. It is Friday. It is episode 73. We've got two great teams that we're covering today in the Ravens mm. and the new, well, what well, interesting <laughs> well, teams, interesting teams that we're covering today in the New York Jets and the Baltimore Ravens. We're also recapping the Thursday night football action between the Kansas City Chiefs, the Green Bay Packers, and the Houston Texans and the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, we got a great loaded show for you today. Aaron, how goes it? That's good, man. It's Friday. Uh, I got a lot going on on Fridays. I'm ready for some uh, football, a lot of football today, high school football. Um, NFL football. I love football. Football, football. A lot of balls with the foot. Hey, hey do you like? Do you, do, I've been like hearing like the word around the streets is you enjoy and you partake in the uh, watching of foosball. Yeah, yeah, football. Yeah. I, like, I like the balls, and then the balls, the balls are everywhere. Hey, but by the way, if you need your balls trimmed up a little bit, we are sponsored by Manscaped now. You can save twenty percent by going to manscaped.com, type in the promo code Sac City, and you can get that nice little lawnmower 4.0. Just saying. So if you want to get your balls clean, you know, watch football, clean balls, you know, there it is right there. Vinny keeps it with him at all times. It all keeps times. It in his pocket. All times for these ad reads, you know. For that um, 5 o'clock shadow when it comes back. <laughs> yeah, eventually my 5 o'clock shadow, it'll all come back and it'll look like poop. I got to shave up before I leave, and you know how it goes, but I won't be shaving with this because that is not what it's for. But <laughs> – Let's get into the Thursday night matchups and the thir- the Thursday night recap, starting off with the Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Green Bay Packers 17-10 in their final preseason uh, bits of action. The Packers fall to 1-2 and two in the preseason. The Chiefs go to 2-1. and one. Aaron, what were your thoughts on this game? Um, we, knew, we knew the starters weren't playing for a lot of, the, a lot of these guys. Um, <sighs> let's see uh, some things that stood out to me. Jordan love looked good at times, but then he didn't look good. Some other times. <laughs> um, 
Isaiah Pacheco, I liked what I saw from Isaiah Pacheco, and you actually had mentioned Isaiah Pacheco before. Uh, we did not see Christian Watson, I don't think, in this game. I don't think he played. I the, don't believe so. I missed the very first part of it, so I thought maybe if he got in, it would have been early, but I don't yeah, think no. he played in this game. Um, that was disappointing. I wanted to see him get out there on the field. I wanted to see what he can do, but now we have to wait till the regular season for that to happen. Uh, but overall, I thought it was a typical preseason game number three. Um, you know, a lot of backups trying to earn jobs, last chance to get roster spots, things like that. Uh, although Kansas City did play, like Nico Hardman played a little bit. You, you saw him back, and he had been banged up, so that was good to see him on the field a little bit, get some work. Uh, Jared McKinnon and Isaiah Pacheco, as I mentioned before. So, again, it was more about Jordan Love still, I think, for the Packers. Um, and I'm not sure. I just don't know. I, I don't know if you can be the Green Bay Packers and feel really good that when Aaron Rodgers retires in a year or two that Jordan Love is the guy. Yeah, I'm not sure how comfortable they are. I mean, obviously, Matt LaFleur came out and said that he he does uh, – he likes the progression of Jordan Love so far um, from, from last season to this season. But uh, obviously, we haven't seen too, too much to say, okay, he is going to be the successor to um, Aaron Rodgers and the throne that Aaron Rodgers has placed. Um, one thing that did happen in the game that I do feel like it is worth mentioning is this little tribute from the Kansas City Chiefs um to to the passing of len dawson the uh the 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 famous the famous huddle um that len dawson is so known for the choir huddle uh patrick mahomes and the starters from the kansas city chiefs all went out on the field you see clyde edwards lair sky Moore, patrick mahomes miko hardman all out there uh even travis kelsey uh is out there as well uh doing the choir huddle to pay tribute to len dawson patrick mahomes after the game said we all wanted to do something Obviously, we're praying for his family, but he did so much to impact the Kansas City community and this organization. We wanted to do something, a little token to show our appreciation. Um, so this was really great to see uh, in honor of Len Dawson. But this game was headlined by one play of the game. One play of the game, Aaron, from Tyler Goodson. Take it away. Yeah, a little Tyler Goodson, if you don't know who he is, well, look at him. Nice little spin move what? here. And, of course, the reason he gets to play the game is this right here. Oh, my God. Hit the uh, gritty. Oh, uh, here. Oh, uh, and he has uh, a little wiggle at the end. Anytime you gritty, uh, you get to play the game. Like, I'm loving the gritty. <laughs> I, I think, you know, I'm not big on dancing and all, like, dances and stuff. But the gritty is a cool dance, man. Uh, it so really it is. So if Mac Jones hits the gritty during a Patriots game this season. No, I've seen, I've seen Mac Jones do the gritty <laughs> in the Pro Bowl. And I was like, stop. Okay. You okay, got to do yeah. it with some rhythm. Uh, like you just, I don't know. It's got to be, got to have some swag. And Mac Jones got swag. I will say that he, he does got some swag, but his rhythm, I don't know about his rhythm. So but the, you know, I, I want, I want to take it back. You know, shout out, shout, shout out to, you know, obviously the play of the game. And that, that's all cool. Tyler Goodson, shout out. That might be your only touchdown of your career, whatever. Um, the, the Lynn Dawson huddle thing. You know, what's funny is that they call it the choir huddle, whatever. I'm, I might age myself here, but. I, when I played Pop Warner football, that's how we did our huddles. <laughs> like we had the offensive line, the, the running backs on the outside or the, out, the outside and then the receivers and the tight end in the middle and then the quarterback like that. Like that's how we huddled up. It wasn't a big circle and guys just, you know, like it is now. Like we actually had that structured. And so I see that and I'm like, man, that's, and that was like, what, early 90s when I played Pop Warner yeah. football, we used to do that. And so now, now you're um, aging yourself now. Yeah. 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 I'm, you know, I'm, I'm 37 next month, man. I'm, I, it's, 
getting, I'm getting up there. Gray hairs and stuff. You see all that. But um, so I thought that was really cool. But again, it showed to what I talked about yesterday, what Lynn Dawson meant to the community of not only Kansas City, but also the NFL community. And I thought that was cool that they paid tribute to him. And, you know, again, I just thought I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other game that took place on Thursday night was the Houston Texans shutting out the San Francisco 49ers 17 to nip. And really, Aaron, I don't I don't want to go anywhere else. I what? I think I, we're going straight there. I I don't know. I do, do you want to go into anything? I well, mean, I think it's a, I think it's important we talk about you know the the 49ers on some level, seeing that their starters played. Go right ahead. Like their starters played and they did nothing on offense. Like not nothing, not nothing, just nothing. Uh, zero points. That's it's disappointing. Um, Trey Lance was on the field. You know what I mean? Like we we talked about the starters being out there. Debo Samuel, I I don't know if they were on the field or not, but maybe they still had some starters out there. Jawan Jawan Jennings was out there. I mean, I, I don't know. It was very concerning to me that they had nothing. Yeah, they, they were twice four carries, negative three yards. Yeah, they were all out there. Debo had a target. George Kittle had a target. Um, Brandon Ayuk had a target. Danny, well, Danny Gray was in this game as well. Um, he had a target as well. And I mean, you look at the trade. Oh, I am. You are yeah, still on you're, solo. You're still bad. solo. So I'm like shaking my head. But that that is yeah. very disheartening. Like, so I'm not concerned that like the Niners aren't going to be good or what, whatever. But there has to be a little bit of like, hmm, Houston Texans. You're the yeah. 49ers. You know, went to the NFC Championship game. Your starters are out there. You expect some sort of ball being moved you're, down I, the field. With it. I feel like you're still trying. We're still trying to search for what this identity is for the San Francisco 49ers uh, starters. I mean, you start. Trey Lance was seven for 11 for 49 yards on three scoreless drives. Two of the drives ended in punts. One ended on downs. Um, it looked. I mean, from from what I from what I saw, it looked a lot of Trey Lance scrambling for his life during the during some plays and i mean it just didn't it wasn't a clean game from the san francisco 49ers and i don't think the starters have put together a really clean game at all uh throughout this preseason and that's even though that like that's the thing with preseason you don't you're not expect like if they score points they don't score points it is what it is it's the preseason but like you want to see some type of clean play from your starters at some point during the preseason especially for a 49ers team that is kind of changing their identity from what they were with Jimmy Garoppolo, what we think it's going to be with it. There's going to be a difference with Trey Lance and we're just not seeing the, cl- the, the cleanliness of this offense yet uh, on the Texan side of things though, 17, nothing shutting out the San Francisco 49ers is a pretty big deal, right? It is. The defense was impressive. Um, it's one of those things, man. I know it's preseason and we talk about, but teams like this need to play well in preseason. And, you know, Davis Mills was mm, – wasn't great, but through a touchdown pass, um, you know, we we saw some uh, – again, I, the – I don't know if you saw the Nico Collins play, but he got a target and he got drew a pass interference penalty. I think that's the kind of stuff that we're going to see from him. I think he is going to be a huge factor. They didn't do much on offense either, but I, the defense was really, really good. And yeah. to, to stop their – their starters like that. I thought Jalen Petrie played really well again. And I think that's one of those guys we talked about. We got to see Derek Stingley in this one. Yeah. Um, so that was nice. Uh, I'm really encouraged. Uh, Christian Kirksey has kind of been an anchor in their middle of their defense now. 
Um, I think they have some underrated pieces that we haven't talked about really guys that had high upside like Desmond King and with the chargers um, that never really lived up to some of those things. And, and I thought they played pretty well. So very encouraged by that, but come on now, you're talking to me. <laughs> There's only one thing that actually mattered. Let's, let's talk about our top plays plural. I don't know why he was playing. Okay. I don't know why Damian Pierce was on the field. But this is exactly what I said Damian Pierce would do when he's on the field. I know it's only six carries, and I know it's 37 yards, but look at the runs. Look they, look at the runs. They, there's no stopping this guy. It's finishing runs, running through defenders, tackles. You're not going to arm tackle this guy. He finds lanes. He knows how to find, get into open space, and then he's going to run through you when he has to. Again, Vinny pointed out this touchdown run before the show. Like, yeah, they had him at the one. They stopped him, and he just kept moving. His legs don't stop. He is a bowling ball. And uh, just so we all know, shout out South Georgia, because that's exactly where Damian Pierce is from. He's from right here in South Georgia. We have footage of Damian Pierce when he was in high school. Um, This dude is a problem. He's from Bainbridge. He's from right here in Bainbridge, Georgia. As a matter of fact, we got people covering the Bainbridge, Georgia game tonight. Uh, He's from there, and uh, he's going to be something to deal with. I'm... he has no mileage. Like yeah. it, 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 they didn't run him in college enough. And now he is fresh and you could see, and I'm not, again, I told Vinny this up. He is like Ezekiel Elliott to me. And I'm not saying he's going to lead the league in rushing his rookie year, but he runs with that style, that, that physicalness. And that's to a running back to me. And I'm excited to watch this man be the RB one for Houston. He is clearly the yeah. RB one. He oh, played yeah. with the starters. He got all the snaps. He is ahead of my, um, Marlon Mack. Yeah. He's ahead of Rex Burkhead and all those guys. So if you had any doubts, I think they were put to rest that going into week one, this is the guy in Houston. Yeah. Two, two things on that. Like you go, go back to that touchdown that he scored. I mean, we, I talked about it during our pre-show meeting. It was like most running backs, if they're to score that touchdown, it is a line of scrimmage. Like you're just barely crossing the one. Damian Pierce was like five yards out of that. He exploded through that like pile up. And although maybe it was a like it was a, a jam up at the line of scrimmage, he eventually just exploded through that for the touchdown. That's what you're seeing from him. You're seeing the vision. You're seeing the explosiveness. You're seeing him run through guys. And Texans fans, you have to be so happy with what you have seen from preseason. And we talk about those preseason teams that half that like you're not going to win you're not going to win many games during the regular season preseason matters in terms of your development and what you're seeing here is what are the two players we've talked about the most during Texans preseason it's been Damian Pierce and Nico Collins two of their future cornerstone type pieces on their roster we're seeing we're seeing when we saw in this game we're we're concerned about the San Francisco 49ers and what their identity is and what they're going to take shape into into being on the Texans side we're already starting to see what this offense is going to be molded into with maybe Davis Mills as the, as the quarterback, because he didn't have a bad game either. Davis Mills, Nico Collins, Damian Pierce. You still have Brandon Cooks as an anchor on that offense. You got to see Kenyon Green in this game as well. You're starting to see this offense take shape. And you, again, we've talked about it with these teams. You don't, you might not win a lot of games during the regular season, but you're going to see the progression and it's already started for the Houston Texans offense. Yeah, you said it. I'm this man right here. If you're a fantasy owner, 
I'm glad I drafted Damian Pierce in a lot of my dynasty leagues, man. I got him late. I actually got him in a redraft league just the other day that I drafted. Um, I had no money left in my budget and nobody was bidding on him. And I, I got him for real cheap. And I was like, you know what? I think I got to steal. I think I got to steal. And it was weird because I actually have no running backs in that league. It was like RB, no zero RB strategy. Uh, but I got Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes as my quarterback. It's a two quarterback league, so you know that's not bad. That yeah. that is uh, that's not bad. Um, yeah. And if you want to hear more of our fantasy content, check us out on Wednesdays when our, we drop our fantasy shows, uh, the Fantasy Drive at 10 a.m. Eastern time. Let's move on to some morning headlines, and we start off with New York Jets wide receiver Denzel Mims, who has requested a trade out of the team. He originally wanted to be he originally wanted to be released outright. That didn't happen. Here's what his agent Ron Slavin had to say about it: It's just time. Denzel tried in good faith, but it's clear he does not have a future with the Jets. Denzel vowed to come back better than ever this season and worked extremely hard in the offseason to make that happen. Still, he has been given no opportunities with the starting offense to get in a groove with them. We feel at this point a trade is our only option. Since the Jets have told us repeatedly they will not release him, Denzel Ward wants out of New York. Or Denzel Denzel Mims. 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 Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I do want to talk about this. This is a guy I had high hopes for. Um, I don't like the statement. You don't just get first team reps. You got to earn them. Like, yeah, you have to earn them. So um, I get what he's saying. Maybe he doesn't feel like he's been given a fair shake or a fair opportunity there. And I know it's because he's been banged up in the past. But unfortunately, injuries play a role. And whoever tells you you can't lose your job to injury is full of shit because you absolutely can. If you get injured and somebody else somebody else comes in and outplays you, too bad. Like, you're not getting that shot. Um, I'm not sure why the Jets won't release him, though. That's strange to me. Um, with the depth that they have at wide receiver now, with the Garrett Wilson and the Elijah Mitchells, and they still yeah. got Corey Davis and Braxton Berry. Like, I'm not sure what that deal is. Um, I imagine you don't want this in your locker room. I imagine they find a way to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's super talented. I really had high hopes for Denzel Mims a couple of years ago. Had him on a lot of fantasy teams. But he's going to have to go to the right situation that's going to give him a chance to play. Yeah. He's a big playmaker. Like, he can be a big playmaker, but health has been a concern, and he's going to have to go to a place that's actually going to allow him to be on the field. But if he goes to a team that has depth at the receiver position, he's just going to get lost in the shuffle. Give me a quick team you think he would be best fit with in the NFL. Ooh. um, That could really need him, and then also – You know, as crazy as this sounds, like the Raiders – um a team like that uh, i'm trying yeah. to think of good veteran teams with good veteran wide receiver leadership Devontae adams taking a guy like that maybe working with them a little bit yeah um who else who else who else i'm trying to think off the top of my head I'm, I'm you, really you know sure. I, I i know I, this team I was has say Atlanta, to, but this, this team has to be always thrown out when you're talking about bringing in a wide receiver the baltimore ravens who we're going to be talking about in a little bit like yeah i don't know I but there's know. but you're right there is no lead there's, there's we're talking who's the, gonna the de- perfect how's he gonna fit that wouldn't there. be like how's he going to develop there I, I would say like atlanta maybe um because but they just got rid of two veterans that yeah but they weren't playmakers like this guy i i, I don't know i think he has to go somewhere that has a, a veteran quarterback and a veteran wide receiver presence um just to to kind of keep him un- i don't say under wraps but show him the ropes and teach him how to be a professional and and maybe teach him some things and i think maybe the raiders is like the perfect spot i'm trying i thought that came out pretty quickly but now that i'm thinking about it raiders maybe maybe somewhere like the colts where they're looking for another guy 
Yeah. Um, and you get a Michael Pittman who's not a veteran, but he's, you know, he's, he's decent. You got a Matt Ryan there who can kind of, um, and they always need weapons there. So maybe, maybe the Colts, yeah. something like that. Yeah. I like those two landing spots. Um, in other news though, in the morning headlines, the new England Patriots have released Malcolm Butler off of IR with an injury settlement, making him a free agent. The 32 year old is now a free agent who has appeared in just 25 games uh, since the end of the 2018 season zero of which came last year. Um, Butler could be on his way out. Maybe, maybe retirement in looming for him. Uh, again, he is 32 years old. Do you have any thoughts on this before I move on to the last headline? No, I think his, I think he's past his prime anyways. I think he's more of a, like a veteran fill-in guy if he does get signed somewhere, but um, no, nah, I think, I think retirement could be a, a real option. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and in last, but certainly not least, after eight years, J.C. Treader has retired from the NFL. Uh, he, quote, wanted to stop playing on his own terms. Uh, he played with the Green Bay Packers, the Cleveland Browns most recently, also known as the uh, NFLPA president, which he will still be continuing to do after his retirement from the league. He says he still wants to be a big part of the player, of the NFLPA and a big part of bringing change and standing up for the players. So J.C. Treader retires from the NFL after eight seasons, five with the Cleveland Browns, three with the Green Bay Packers. He, um, he, I mean, he could have still gotten a job in the NFL if he were to not have retired, I think. Yeah, I'm sure he could have. Um, I, I don't, I respect the fact that guys want to go out on their own terms, um, other than the game just taking them out because of injury or something like that. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. that, you know, he has other things he wants to do. So congratulations sure. to him. A good career from J.C. Treader. That does it, though, for our morning headlines. And, of course, our morning headlines is brought to you by Manscaped's Body Wash. Their ultra-premium body washes infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, fresh, and moisturized. So really just so fresh and so clean, clean. Get your Manscaped Body Wash today and save 20% off with the promo code SACCITY at checkout. Get yourself 20% off and free shipping. It is now time for our injury report. Oh, oh. Hey, everybody. <laughs> I'm Aaron Mukes. I have your injury report. Let's get right to it. Uh, let's start with sad, sad news. Tyron Smith will undergo surgery on Friday to reattach his hamstring to his knee. Do you understand what that means? <laughs> the hamstring fell off the bone in the back of the knee. It's so disgusting. Um, right now, the Cowboys are still planning on him returning late in the season, but looking like December at the earliest. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm not very optimistic that he comes back this year. Um, he's getting older. He's been banged up. He's had a lot of injuries. And I'm also not very optimistic that his career lasts too much longer. Unfortunately, this guy's one of the best left tackles in football when healthy. And he's just dealt with a lot over the last couple of seasons. Um, in other news, Traylon Burks, rookie, talked about him, was held out of Thursday's practice after leaving, leaving early, left leg is in a wrap, played in the fourth quarter into the Titans game the other day against the Bucs. But injury is still un undisclosed. I worry about him. I think everybody that thought they saw AJ Brown 2.0, I think they're going to get AJ Brown 0.2, not 2.0. Uh, I, I don't, I don't like where this is headed. I don't like the injury concerns early. I don't like the fact that they don't trust him enough where they're playing him in the fourth quarter of preseason. 
because he's not showing enough for them yet. When you got guys out there, the Romeo Dobbs and uh, you know, Sky Moores that are playing with starters, guys that were drafted far later, Chris Olave that, you know, some guys drafted far later than Traylon Burks was. Um, he seems to be the one, the slowest to not in speed wise, but the slowest to kind of pick up the NFL game and making the adjustment. And maybe that's Ryan Tannehill. Maybe that's some of the quarterback play that they have there, but um, that's a little disheartening. So Traylon Burks was, was held out. We'll give you more on that injury when we get it. Um, uh, Josh McDaniels doesn't feel comfortable making a prediction on Darren Wallen's hamstring status for week one. That's two weeks away. I, I would envision he's back by week one, but who knows? I don't think it's going to matter. Um, you want to make sure Darren Waller is healthy for the season. So whenever he does come back, I don't think it'll be too long of an absence. And then Jalen Waddle has missed most of the last two weeks with an undisclosed injury as well. Um, again, wrap on his leg. Um, so the team has been taking a cautious approach with Waddle. I think I, I worry about, I don't worry about some of these things because of the fact it is preseason. And some of these guys are just trying to make sure they're a hundred percent for the regular season. I think that's the case with Jalen Waddle. Otherwise, I think you would have heard something already as far as it being a little bit more significant. So I think he'll be okay. It's probably just a precautionary thing. But again, more injuries, and we have a weekend full of slated games that are going to bring more injuries as well. Maybe it's to mostly backups, but you never know. And then we still have two more weeks of, uh, or I guess another week before we start the the initial practice week uh, of game day for as far as injuries are concerned. So still some time. Uh, hopefully the, the injuries are mitigated, but that is your injury report for now. That that Tyron Smith injury is it's it's called an avulsion, avulsion fracture, fracture of the knee. An yeah. avul that just sounds like it. It sounds gross when you say they, they have to reattach his hamstring knee, and then you add on what it's called an avulsion fracture of the knee. Like it's not. It, it was not weird when they first started talking about it. And they were like. It's a hamstring tear. He's going to be out four months. I was like, man, I've popped my hamstring. I've torn my hamstring before. And anytime you pop it or pull it, it's a tear. It's just about how severe. But when it completely detaches from your 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 knee, that's a whole different ball game. That's that's something that I can't even imagine. That's ooh. I just feel like it's like just flopping. Like that's what I ima- like. Although it's probably not, and that seems bro. very cartoonish. Like I just imagine it, like Tyron just walking like this. It is, bro. His leg. Ugh. And my leg hurts right now. Like I'm feeling Tyron Smith. Yeah. Like I'm like, oh, I don't even, I don't even want to yeah. stand up because my hamstring might, my I might get an avulsion fracture. In a, ugh, <laughs> In that a word. Well, let me try and see if I can save the day and make you feel a little bit better. Beautiful people at home, follow us at the Sac City Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and of course TikTok. Make sure you are liking, you are subscribing, you are sharing every chance you get on those social media platforms. The content that is there is better than any content you get on social media we've got polls we've got prop bets we've got special shorts out there that are just for your eyes only like it's not even in the live show some of these uh con- some of this content that we're putting out so check us out on uh, all of our social media pages at sac city pod on facebook twitter instagram youtube tiktok the season is fastly approaching and there is no place you'd rather be than here in the city, Saxony Podcast. Vibin', 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 vibin'. Let me change it up. Let me change it up. Oh, you know what time it is. That's right, we are sponsored by Manscaped. That's what it is, that's right. It's the best men's below the waist grooming products, precision engineer tools, 
for those family jewels. The Performance Package, the Ultimate Men's Hygiene Bundle. Join over 6 million worldwide, 6 million worldwide, who trust Manscaped with an exclusive offer. 20% off, free worldwide shipping. All you have to do is type in that promo code SACCITY. And if my math is correct, that's about 12 million balls. That's right, 12 million balls. That's a lot of balls. How about Vinny? A lot of balls? It's just so many balls. It's just so so many many balls. balls. And the 4.0 has arrived, and it's a game changer. It comes with the lawnmower 4.0, the trimmer, the weed whacker, the ear and nose hair trimmer. You get ball deodorant. You get reviver toner. You get boxer briefs and that handy-dandy little newspaper to boot and a bag to hold all of those goodies in. It has an LED light. You can you can trim in the dark. Skin-safe technology, it reduces those nicks that you get from when you're trying to trim that sensitive area. It's it's waterproof. It's, it's, it's wonderful. It is wonderful. You got to go and get it. Get 20% off. Free shipping. Type in that promo code SACCITY at manscaped.com. And again, we'll give you free shipping and 20% off. You can't beat it. Go get your ball grooming kit today. Look at this bag. It's beautiful. Look, look at how, this bag. Look, look, full disclosure, we love to pull the curtain back. Let's be real. Look, guys, we're trying to get these sponsorships to promote our show to get the best possible quality content out to you but we need you guys to participate we need you guys to go again we all need to groom we all need to take care of ourselves as men we're football fans but we're men we got ladies to impress we got to make sure we're groomed up make sure you get those grooming materials from manscaped.com and just type in the code sac city help us out help yourself out help your lady out if you don't got a lady and you want a lady this is the way to do it i'm telling you my lady enjoys it um so just just go and type in the promo code uh, help the Sac City podcast out so we can be what we always say here to stay. Hey, shout out AJ. Um, yeah, it's a win-win situation here. As the all dog right. shakes off, yeah, in the background. Like, I'm just like I'm like out of all things that just fucking happen. Like, what is this? What is, like, I don't know. I don't know if the dog was shaking or Vinny just got done using the manscaper. Yeah, that's really that's really what it was. Um, but yeah, get your manscape products today. Let's get into our season previews, and we start things off with the Baltimore Ravens. We are diving into the offense, the defense, what to watch for. We got a little prop bets. We got a little schedule talk, a record prediction, and a preseason power rankings. We start off with the offensive side of the ball for the Ravens. Aaron, we know, like, we're going to talk about the defense in, in a few moments, but, like, we know if that defense stays healthy, they are arguably the best defense in the NFL with studs everywhere. Yeah. Do you think this offense is what could hold back the Baltimore Ravens from winning a Super Bowl? Hold them back? No. No. Come on, man. That's just disrespectful to Lamar Jackson, former MVP. Hold them back? No. This offense is potent at what they do. Just because it's not the same things the Kansas City Chiefs do, just because it's not the Buffalo Bills, this is not an offense that's going to hold them back. You know what's going to hold them back? Injuries. Um, Injuries. Um, uh, Injuries. Like, that's what's going to hold them back. This team is a Super Bowl-bound team. They 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 are built to be in the Super Bowl. They can play against the run. They can play against the pass. They can run the football. They have a culture of built on winning. It's not about – the conversations about Lamar Jackson can't win big games and can't come back. And I think that's a lot of hoopla. We forget this guy's still a very young quarterback. He hasn't had the requisite weapons that some of these other quarterbacks have had, and yet he's still been super successful with a team that's really been less than some of these other teams. I think this year they're in a very, very good position because not only is the defense healthy, 
not only is the defense good, but their defense is now, in my in my opinion, elite in in personnel. Whereas even when Lamar was in those playoff games, they weren't elite defensively. They had guys. They had a good defense. I think with this defense, the Kyle Hamiltons of the world, um, adding in the Marcus Williams, bringing back a Marcus Peters, having these guys like. I think they Marlon Humphrey, these guys can be elite. And I think that's the difference um, th- this year. I don't think this offense is a handicap in any way, shape or form. Okay. I, I, you know, I didn't mean it like, like a, like, I mean, you just, th- there are weaknesses on this. Like when you look at the defense, it's like there are, it's hard to find weaknesses when it comes to the Baltimore Ravens defense, but we know that there are weaknesses when it comes to this offense. And, what well, do you you, th- you're going to point out one weakness, which is receiver. Yeah. Is, is that the, I mean, cause you say we know there's weakness outside of, and really outside of the wide receiver two position. Cause that's really the only weak spot. That's it. You know how much and, I love Rashad Bateman. And to be fair, let's be honest. You're not making that same argument about the Kansas city chiefs. No, nope. who we're not sure about their wide receiver two. That is correct. I mean, so you look at it from top to bottom as a roster. This is as complete of a roster as you're going to find in the NFL for the most part. We're not saying about the Packers who don't even have a wide receiver one. I think that I think the difference here, though, that you I mean, you have to be honest with yourself that with the Baltimore Ravens, it's like. You're not concerned with the Chiefs wide receiver, two is because you you have confidence that Patrick Mahomes is going to be able to make whatever wide receiver two they have into something special. There is the knock on Lamar. Disrespectful. How many wide receiver twos has Lamar Jackson been able to like bring into like? How many wide receiver twos has Patrick Mahomes brought it to be good? I mean, Nicole Hardman wasn't bad. I'm gonna ask the question again. I want you to give me an honest answer. I mean, do we look at what? Okay, so what wide receiver? How many wide receivers two has has Aaron Rodgers really produced? Alan Lazard with 500 yards. That's fair, but but those guys are also producing at least one wide receiver that's got some. I mean, Marquise Hollywood Brown last year was probably the only one that had the effectiveness of what like Devontae Adams and Tyree Killer. I mean, Mahomes has two. Mahomes has two weapons, two star weapons that he has helped be where they are. And I'm not saying Lamar can't do it. You're, I'm not you're, trying to disrespect. Is, you're, you're digging your grave right now. Because you just said Hollywood Brown, but yet we're just going to disregard Mark Andrews. That's he has the that's same exact crazy. setup as Kansas can, City, a, can a you, wide receiver and a tight end. Can you honestly say this? You can you honestly say this that the Baltimore Ravens can win a Super Bowl with Rashad Bateman as their number one wide receiver and really nothing else outside of that, and Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson doing what he does. Put the solo. Okay. Yes. The Baltimore Ravens can win a Super Bowl with just Rashad Bateman on the outside and Mark Andrews and Lamar Jackson doing what he does. Yes. That's it. I just wanted you to hear that very clear. My face solo. Listen, we get so caught up in the skill position world of having three, four, all we got weapons everywhere. Baltimore's offense is also built and structured in a way where you don't, you, we, we don't, we discount what Lamar Jackson brings with his legs. A guy that ran for 1,200 yards, like 1,200 yards from your quarterback position. And then you don't even mention a J.K. Dobbins, a Gus Edwards. Like 
So that dynamic isn't the same dynamic as the Kansas City Chiefs because they don't throw it all over the field. It might not look as sexy, but they they led the league in scoring a few years ago. Like this is a team, Lamar Jackson threw 39 touchdown passes and led the league in passing touchdowns two years ago or three years ago, whatever it was. I, I believe it was two years ago. It's It's funny to me how we discount that because it doesn't look the same. And they got... They got now Rashad Bateman, who I'm going to be honest, I think Rashad Bateman is actually more talented than Hollywood Brown from an overall wide receiver standpoint. I tried to tell you all that last season. He might No, he might not be as explosive. No, I, no, I didn't. I never I think, said. I think, I, think, I think we knew that. I think we knew Rashad Bateman from a talent wide receiver talent perspective was more talented as a worse receiver than, than a Hollywood Brown. I just think that we aren't giving them enough credit um, on the offensive side of the football. Now, do they should they do some different things to allow Lamar Jackson to be unlocked? Yes, that might be. Maybe if the, the what one thing that? that holds them back, it's Greg Roman. It's the offensive coordinator not allowing Lamar Jackson to use all of his weapons, to be a guy that can throw to his wide receiver too. Because I'm sorry, I still do not believe that he doesn't have the capability of doing it. When he can do it to Mark Andrews and Hollywood Brown, why can't he throw to the wide receiver too? Like, it, to me, it's an offensive schematic thing, but I think – I don't think it really has anything to do with the players on the field. I think if you wanted to point to something that could hold the Baltimore Ravens offense back, it's Greg Roman. Yeah, that, that's, I think that is a very valid point now. So if you're, so with the Baltimore Ravens to unlock the full potential of this offense, you have to, you have to let Lamar go out and throw the ball more. Like that's pretty much it. Right. I think you have to trust Lamar. Whatever that entails, trust him. Just trust him. If he's running, let him run. If he throw, let him throw. I, 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 that's just, look. Again, I get it. It's not Patrick Mahomes. It doesn't look the same. He doesn't throw for 5,000 yards. But there's so many ways to win in this league. There are so many ways to win in this league. I just think that he gets a bad rap uh, because of the style of play that he has. But all he's done is come in the NFL and win games. That's all he's done. And we, we, we constantly want to criticize a quarterback who doesn't win games, but we're not going to give a credit to a quarterback that comes in and does win games. I don't, I don't understand that aspect. Um, it doesn't make sense to me. The dude's 37 and 12 as a starting quarterback, 37 and 12. Do you know how good that is? Like 37, I, I hear it's 30, pretty good. 37 and 12 is, I, I don't, I, 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 I don't know. Man. I don't know what to say. Like, Talk all the stats, the 3,000, doesn't throw for three, 4,000 yards and blah, blah, blah. He didn't have a great year last year. I can admit that. He was banged up, threw more interceptions last year than well, he ever what, did. That's what but I think. one season. That's what I think a lot of people are, have going on right now. Like, we're, we're almost forgetting what true, like, we talk about all the time in the show, like, the, the hype for Joe Burrow is kind of just growing and growing and growing and and we like people are talking about is Joe Burrow the best quarterback in the AFC? Like, we're forgetting about how good Lamar Jackson actually is, and how special and game changing and game breaking Lamar Jackson can be. So, I, I I get what you're saying here. I get I get what you're saying here. Let's go to the defensive side of the ball now. Um, obviously, last year just torn apart with injuries to so many guys. Now we get to see those guys come back. Aaron, what player or maybe players are you most excited to see come back or to watch 
this season for the Baltimore Ravens? Maybe it's not even one of the guys who are coming back from injury. Um, I think it has to be the secondary. The secondary was so bad last year. Like, I mean, all-time record-breaking bad, and that's not normal for a Baltimore Ravens secondary. So when you lose guys like a Marcus Peters or Marlon Humphrey goes down for a while, or Jimmy Smith was out, or all these guys, right? You get you gotta you gotta fill those holes. I believe Chuck Clark missed time, and it's it's a lot, right? So you want to you want to see whether whether they come back number one fully healthy, but I think more so. Um, how do they all build that chemistry together with the new pieces like a Marcus Williams when they, when those guys come in there? So, but when you look top to bottom, the defense is stacked. You bring back a Calais Campbell. You bring back a Jason Oway or Adafe Oway is what he wants to be called. Patrick yeah. Queen is there and he's a beast. Um, I really like Josh Bynes. And then you go to the the secondary and again it's Marcus Peters, Chuck Clark, Marcus Williams, Marlon Humphrey, and then you add Kyle Kyle Fuller. Um, this secondary should be leaps and bounds above last year. And I think that's going to be the biggest difference that I'm looking at. It, this will change the way the Baltimore Ravens are able to play defense. Yeah. I mean, and you've seen it, you've seen it from, from Kyle Hamilton in this, in preseason going out and making plays. Been one of the best preseason defenders um, in the NFL this year. I, I, there's so much talent on, Oh, I'm solo again. Um, 5,000 yeah, yards, 5,000 yards highest in the league last year. They gave up. The most yards in the league, 5,000 they gave up through the air last year. That is insane. Mainly it's insane for a team that wants to dominate the ball and kill time of possession and run the ball. And a lot of that can be predicated to their offense, not having J.K. Dobbins and not having Gus Edwards and not Lamar Jackson, not healthy, not being able to stay on the field long enough. But 5,000 yards, that's not going to happen with those dudes I just mentioned on the field this year. Yeah. Yeah. I think this team is going to be really special. I think this team, if, if they all stay healthy, they can be really, really special. Um, what as a whole are you looking out for when you're, when you watch the Baltimore Ravens this year? Um, I know it's going to sound redundant and maybe this is not a whole lot because I'm super high on the Ravens. It's the, it's the health. I think this team is as good of a roster from top to bottom as there is in the NFL. I really do from every key position. And then you want to point out the weak spots. Okay. Maybe it's a wide receiver two here. Maybe it's a little bit of defensive line play in the interior side, an older Calais Campbell, but outside of that, where do they have a weak spot? And when, when everybody's healthy. So I'm just praying that they're healthy because I think if they're, if healthy, this is going to be a team that can be right up there competing with Kansas city, with Buffalo and with Cincinnati. And I'm going to say Cincinnati and give them the respect because they are the yeah. reigning defending AFC champions. Yeah. But I think they're right there with them. Um, and it's all going to come down to can they stay healthy? Because Harbaugh's a great coach. I believe Lamar Jackson's a great quarterback. However you want to slice it. Throwing the ball, running the ball. I think he's a great football player and can win games. And I think everything else that they have is great. Running backs, um, defensive line play on, the, especially on the outside edge rushers, and then secondary and linebacker play is excellent. Can you stay healthy? And that's not really a football schematic analysis. I know it's not much, but that's my breakdown. If they stay healthy, they're going to be one of the better teams in football because we've seen it before. We've seen this for a number of years now, and I don't think anything changes with Baltimore. Six, in Lamar Jackson's time, six and one when he first started that first year, thirteen and two, eleven and four. Last year they started what, eight and three. Started eight and three last year, and then Lamar Jackson and Lamar was seven and five, but or something like that. And then he ended up coming back and trying to play, but he was hurt. But I, 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 I don't know. I just, 
I think this team, we're looking at one year, and that's the blip year. That's the the throwaway year. That's the the one-off. Every other year, they've been an elite football team, and it's like we forget that they were an elite football team. It's crazy how time flies. Indeed, makes everyone's on that recency bias. Um, let's go to the odds for the Baltimore Ravens here and the prop bets that we have. Over 10.5 wins is the line right now for the Baltimore Ravens at plus 100. Uh, over 6.5 Lamar Jackson rushing touchdowns is also at plus 100. And the Ravens to win the AFC North is at plus 140. So we've got a few good plus options here for the Baltimore Ravens. Which is your lock prop bet, Aaron? <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is funny. Over on every single one of those. I'm going to lock all three of them in. I think the Ravens win over 10 games. I think Lamar Jackson has at least seven rushing touchdowns, and I think the Ravens win the AFC North. Lock, lock, lock. Lock, lock. Man. Freaking lock. I feel like I'm get, I feel like I'm just getting a sense, an early spoiler for what your end of uh, season predictions are going to be for, for the Baltimore Ravens. Like, I feel like this is. Lock, lock, lock. Lock it up. In the Man. great, in the great, the great uh, words of Vince Vaughn, lock it up. No, you lock it up. No, you lock it up. <laughs> if you don't know what I'm talking about. You should. Shame on you. Watch that movie. Um, okay, locking everything. Just lock, lock, lock it up. All right, all right. Well, let's go into the schedule for the Baltimore Ravens here. And I mean, their schedule is. I don't. I don't want to say it's easy. It's an easy schedule, but there is. A lot of winnable games for the Baltimore Ravens on this uh, this year's schedule. What is the biggest storyline for the Ravens in within their schedule? Yesterday we talked about the Jaguars, and you're like, "There's no, there's no like defining moments for their schedule." So I thought to myself, "Okay, let me send you this question: of what's the biggest storyline within a schedule for the Baltimore Ravens?" Yeah. Um domination of easy wins i think they dominate those easy teams and i think they've always been good at that but they have a lot of them on the schedule and i I know i'm not i'm gonna call some teams easy but i do think when you compare them to baltimore they are easy the jets the patriots the giants the browns early without uh deshaun um carolina jacksonville pittsburgh i think they're done i think they're dominating those games i think they're better than those teams i don't think they're close and then you know Baltimore is going to put up fights with really good teams and great teams, and they're going to win some of those games. And I think that's how they stack their wins. To me, Baltimore is one of those teams that it really doesn't matter about the regular season, barring health, that you want to see who they match up with in the playoffs and how they approach that playoff game. So for me, it's dominate those, those winnable games. Show that, hey, we aren't, we're not messing around. We're not just going to get by. We are going to dominate you like they did a couple of years ago when Lamar was the MVP. And then this time capitalize on that domination early by winning playoff games late. And I think that's really what their, their season has to be about. They have to show to be dominant. It can't just be all talk. They've got to show it. Yeah. Can't, can't be slipping. I mean, they have a, they have a last, they they finished last in the AFC North last year. So it's like they have that last place schedule and they're going to be able to have the chance to just beat up on some pretty, not, I shouldn't say pretty bad teams, but, beat up on the weaker teams that are definitely below uh, where the Baltimore Ravens are. What is your record prediction for the Ravens? Andy, Andy notebook. My record prediction for the Baltimore Ravens is 
12 and 5. I have them at 12 and 5. Um, they are my third record, I guess. Third best record in football um, this year. Um, mainly because I have them starting really hot like they normally do. I have them going 6 and 1 uh, before falling at Tampa and at New Orleans. I think those are two tough games on the road. And then they get that bye week. But when they come back from that bye week, I think there's a lot of winnable games there. The only tough game is Denver, and it's in Baltimore. I have been winning four, five, six of their next seven before falling to Cincinnati that last game of the season. I don't think it matters much, though. Um, 12 and five. I have them yeah. losing to Buffalo, Tampa, New Orleans, Cleveland once late in the season, and Cincinnati. So you have them sweeping the Steelers. I do. I don't think the Steelers are good enough with the young quarterbacks or Mitchell Trubisky. I know that's always a rivalry, but – I just don't think the quarterback play is going to be enough for them. I'm, I'm, I'm wanted to look up when the last time the Ravens swept uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers in the season, like that. Oh, I feel I'm like, sure it's. I'm sure it's been recent. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I'm not going to be able to look that up. Some, someone in the chat, right. someone in the comments. Like, yeah, you you go you go ahead and look that up. I oh, I, I, right I here. I got it right here. Baltimore. Oh, who am I looking at? This is the Pittsburgh series, so yeah, Pittsburgh in 2019. So they swept the Steelers in 2019. Baltimore beat them 28-10 and beat them 26-23 uh, overtime. Well, there you go. I'm glad. That, and and by that. the way, fun fact: that was also the year Lamar Jackson won MVP and was first team All Pro. Ooh, so Just maybe saying. that's a sign. Maybe that's yes. a sign. I also have them going 12 and five. Uh, my losses uh, for the Baltimore Ravens this year. Uh, follow the Bills. I think they lose the Bucks. I think they lose the Browns when when Deshaun Watson comes back. Uh, and I think they lose the final two games of the season to the Steelers and the Bengals. Uh, I do think that they have those split type of games. Um, really, actually, that that actually might change. I think they. I think Baltimore wins their home game uh, at the end of the season against Pittsburgh and loses their road game. Um, they split those, uh, but 12 and five is, is, is right where I have them. And it's funny. You go back and look at the prop bets over 10 and a half wins. Is that plus 100? That's almost easy money for, for, for us who took them at 12 wins. So that's kind of it's all easy it. money, man. Bet on Baltimore. Set a yep. bet on black bet on Baltimore. Aaron, it's time. You want the smoke? You got the smoke. Where do the Baltimore Ravens fall in the power rankings? Yeah, I ain't scared. All right, listen. I'll, before, I'm going to preface this by saying, don't come at me in the comments, okay? This is not a decision. This is not a consensus. I know this. This is not where AJ would put them. This is not where Vincent Milani would put them. And Dylan, who cares what Dylan wants? He is somewhere doing whatever. Big time. This is where Aaron is putting them because the spot I had him in was taken already. So we moved him up. The Baltimore Ravens are number two. And yes, I said it. They're number two. And I get it. They didn't make the playoffs last year. But I don't care. I don't want to hear none of that. Every year there's a team that doesn't make the playoffs and then goes on to do big things. Hey, Tampa Bay didn't make the playoffs and they won a Super Bowl when Tom Brady got there. You went Baltimore with that talent. You bring that talent back and you add to it, getting guys like Kyle Hamilton and Marcus, uh, Marcus Williams. You get J.K. Dobbins back. Rashad Bateman's now in year two and an extreme, extremely talented guy. Mark Andrews is arguably the best tight end in football. And Lamar Jackson is back in a contract year trying to prove that he's worth a $50 million deal. Give me that all day long. The Baltimore Ravens are number two on the Sac City preseason power rankings. I, I am 
Yes, I know. You wanted to put some Rams there or something no, like that. No, so, so to Listen, me, when we were going through have, the power You didn't ratings, have that argument with Cincinnati Bengals. I don't even you remember what we had. Wait, we don't we, even have the Bengals. We but my point is, when, when we were discussing this consensus ranking, your words were, these teams have to be one and two. Why? I, because they won head, last year? In my head, it was, it was Buffalo and Los Angeles at one and two. Why? And, I guess we're gonna have to find out when we talk the Bills and when we talk the Rams, because that's gonna be a, that's the that is the game, that's the kickoff game. Uh, when when push comes to shove, we'll have it on here. Um, but yeah, so okay, so the Baltimore Ravens at number two. Uh, Aaron said he wants to smoke, so come at him in the comments. Let him know what you think. Of you Baltimore tell me why Ravens. not. You give me a reason as to why not, and we can have that debate. Most most likely, it's Ravens fans watching this video, so they're like, hell yeah, brother. And if you're if you're somebody that doesn't agree with me, and you tell me it's because Lamar Jackson can't win, and you your comments are baseless, don't expect a response. Although I'll give you one probably because I like to argue, but don't expect one because those are baseless comments. The man's thirty-seven and twelve as an NFL starter, better records than most of the guys that you're going to say he, that they're better than. But him. but he can't pass. He can't pass the ball. He can't throw. Doesn't need to. Doesn't <laughs> need to pass if you win games. All I care is that you win games. That's it. That's all that matters. That's our Baltimore Ravens uh, season preview. We now move on to the New York Jets and their outlook for the 2022 season. We're going into their offense, their defense, what to watch for, the odds, the schedule, record prediction, and of course, those preseason power rankings. Aaron, we'll start off with the offense. Lots of young players on this Jets team, especially on the offensive side of the ball. Zach Wilson, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Garrett Wilson, Elijah. There's tons, tons of young talent on this offense. What young player are you most, or what young player do you think needs to step up the most this season for the Jets? Um, that's a that's a hard question. I try to um, give them on, the on offense, answer. right? On offense. On offense. I think the easy answer is is Brees Hall, but I don't. I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson, and I'm going to go with Garrett Wilson because of Zach Wilson. I, I think it's important for Zach Wilson to be comfortable, but for Zach Wilson to have guys he can throw the ball to and can trust. And I think he's already developed that trust with Elijah Moore. It'll be another year with Corey Davis, and then if Garrett Wilson comes in and can be electric, and all accounts was this past week in training camp, he was torching the. Hmm. I think it was the Giants. Yep. That he was he was just torching the Giants in practice. Um, so those are the things you want to see from a from a Garrett Wilson, the the high pick that we thought was going to come in and have an impact. I think it's more important for Zach Wilson to have weapons like that than can leaning on the running game and play play action. Because I don't think Zach Wilson's that type of quarterback. I think he's more of a I'm gonna gunsling, I want to throw the ball around the field. So I think I think Garrett Wilson really has to take strides throughout the year to get better and better and better. I think it's going to be huge for Zach Wilson to find it's it really sucks that Zach Wilson might not play week one. And we're back at the same point. Like we were last year with Zach Wilson, maybe battling injuries like he did last year. I mean, what do you think this offense looks like with Joe Flacco? Like if, if Joe Flacco plays five games a season for the New York jets, it starts five games are we still hoping that Garrett Wilson is like the guy that you think steps up the most or is it someone else? Yeah. Cause I don't think, I, I think all Joe Flacco does is limit your upside 
but gives you a veteran presence. So there's not a defense you're going to throw it at Joe Flacco that he hasn't seen. Um, he'll have he'll be successful in the fact that he'll know what to do with the football, but he's going to be limited with the upside because he doesn't have the skill set of a Zach Wilson. He doesn't have the arm strength anymore like Zach Wilson. He doesn't have the mobility like a Zach Wilson. And I think that is where they'll be limited. But I honestly don't think, and this may be sad to say, like, at the end of the day, they're not going to win any more or less games with Joe Flacco than they would have with Zach Wilson. I, I, I truly believe that. I don't think it's about winning and losing. I think it's about developing Zach Wilson. Um, I don't think the first five, six weeks of the season, there's any more wins or losses, no matter whether it was Joe Flacco or Zach Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball for the Jets, this is a team that has brought in a lot of pieces to try and better this team over the years. CJ Mosley uh, drafting Quinn, uh, Quinn Williams, um, bringing in DJ Reed, drafting Sauce Gardner. This team is starting to build and put the pieces in place for a good defense moving forward with Robert Salah being the kind of defensive-minded head coach. What is the most underrated part of this Jets defense? Underrated is tough because we haven't seen it, but I'm going to say the defensive line. Um, I'm going to say the the ability to get to the quarterback. Um, I, I really I really think they're going to be able to get to the quarterback this year. And, and I don't know that they were able to get to the quarterback the, the way they wanted to in the past. And a lot of that has to do with um, good, good defensive line play, obviously, but guys like Jermaine Johnson coming in. And then it pushes guys that were should have been starters now are backups and you get more rotational depth on that side of the football. So I think, I think it's really the defensive line play. If I'm not mistaken, they were probably bottom 10 last year in sacks. And I think this year that goes up significantly. You're talking about adding guys uh, to it, to um, why can't I think of his name? Oh my God. Why can't I think of his name? What uh, Solomon Thomas, Solomon Thomas, Sheldon Rankins, uh, guys like that who are veterans in this league that have been around. You now bring guys like that in and you can, you can add to that depth and you already got Quentin Wilson and Carl Lawson's there and back. So yeah. Jermaine Johnson as the rook, like you get guys, that are coming back, you add it to a veteran room, and they're going to be able to get after the quarterback a little bit more this year. And then having those nice pieces like a Sauce Gardner to come in, even Jordan Whitehead in the secondary and DJ Reed, veterans again, going along with a good young rookie to cover a little bit longer to give those guys some time to get to the quarterback. So from a team that was the bottom of the league in sacks, I think they can get to somewhere in the middle of the pack to maybe that upper half, and that can change a defense all in itself. Yeah, and that's that's honestly I'm going to kind of segue into this part is the the what to watch for is this defense has a lot of like you said veteran pieces. I mean, you you had Carl Lawson last year. That was one of their big free agent signings two years ago, and then he got hurt and missed all of last year. This is a team you bring Carl Lawson, and let's not forget they also went out and signed Quan Alexander, who was a very good linebacker for the New Orleans Saints at one point in his career. So. I'm watching the impact of the veteran leadership on this defensive side of the ball with Jordan. I mean, CJ Mosley is one of the best linebackers in the league when he's, when he's on the field, this team with their veterans have the ability to lead the the young guys into the, into the right place. I mean, CJ, it's like every veteran that is on the Jets defense directly ties into a, a, a young player like, Carl Lawson affects Quinnen Williams, or Carl Lawson affects Jermaine Johnson. CJ Mosley affects Quincy Williams. Jordan Whitehead affects Sauce Guard. Like, it's just, it, it, there's a direct correlation with all of these veterans 
on this Jets defense that I think is going to be huge for the development. Uh, and, and I it's a good talk about it's the a good we talked about the Jaguars defense yesterday having the ability to surprise a lot of people. I think the Jets defense uh, is right up there with quite possibly shocking the the, the league this year in, in shutting teams down when we're least expecting it. That's what I'm that's what I'm watching for. This I do year. like the blend of their veterans and young players. It's not like a team that's all young. Like you look at Houston, who we like, oh, man, they got a, got a lot of good young talent. Well, yeah, they do, but they don't have also the veterans in that locker room like the Jets have. So yeah. having those veterans with that are good and have been good players in this league mixed with good young players, I think that's a good blend. I think that's a good mix, and I, think, I do think it'll breed some success. Yeah, yeah. Let's get to our prop bets here, and one of the prop bets I have is, a, is on a player I really kind of wanted to talk about a little bit, and it's Elijah Moore. You look at the bottom one, there's there's no plus money really with the Jets betting this year um, early on. Over a hundred, over 800 and a half yards for Elijah Moore this year is at minus 115. You got under 830 and a half Brees Hall rushing yards at minus 130. Uh, and then over five and a half wins at minus 165 uh, for the New York Jets. I kind of wanted to talk about this Elijah Moore one with the over 800 and basically over 800 uh, receiving yards this year. Where do you think he lands? Where do you, a lot, a lot of hype around Elijah Moore this year. I think he gets a thousand. Um, Even with Garrett Wilson there. I think Elijah Moore is the wide receiver one, and I don't think it's very close right now. I think he's clearly the wide receiver one. I think they like him the most. I think he's been in the, that system now. Um, Garrett Wilson, I think a lot of people want rookies to step up right away. Rookie receivers are hard. It doesn't always translate. I know we've had guys like Justin Jefferson and some guys lately really pop out, but I still think Elijah Moore is, is that guy, and I think Elijah Moore gets over 1,000 yards this year. I don't really think it's that close, to be honest. I know 1,000 is only 200 more, but that's a, a lot when you – talk about amount of football games. It might come down to health. He only played, what, 11 games last year, had six, 700 yards. Uh, maybe it wasn't that much. Maybe it was only uh, five, five. Yeah, I know it was, so it was, it was a good season. Let's just say that it was a good season for the amount of games he played for his looks that he got. Yards. Yeah. So um, 30, 40 catches last year, 500 yards. I think he can double that uh, based on, he didn't start many games last year. The early in the season, he wasn't being used as much. I think once he got hurt and then he came back, I thought they started to really get him involved. And again, year two in the offense. Now they know what he's capable of. I, I think they make it a point to get him the football. Um, I'll take the over there. I will also take the under on Brees Hall. And the wins I would just leave alone because I might project them for more wins, but it's easily could be under. But the Brees Hall yards is just way too many. Yeah. Yeah, and reports came out today that Michael Car Michael Carter very well might be the still the RB one and the, the go to guy, um, the lead back to start the season at least for the New York Jets. And I mean, we yeah, saw I don't last. Buy that either. Well, I I I'm I'm on the side with this Jets offense, especially with this rushing attack. I'm on the side of we're going to see a very similar backfield to what we saw last year. Robert Salah came from the Kyle Shanahan offense where we saw multiple running backs be used. Uh, and basically a revolving door and a running back by committee type of offense. Last year, we saw a very similar type of year with the Jets when we saw uh, Michael Carter, we saw Tevin Coleman, we saw Ty Johnson. Like these guys, I mean, it's 147 rushes for Michael Carter. We also saw 84 rushes for Tevin Coleman, 61 carries for Ty Johnson. Like these guys are getting work. And I yeah, think that's I, what we're gonna what we're gonna see go this ahead. year. I can see like a 
like a 120 for, or like a 120 for Michael Carter and like a 95 carries for for uh Brees Hall. That's it? No way. No way. No way. No way. That's way too low. Number number one, I, I will say this. I don't think it was a running back by committee last year. I think they didn't, they just didn't know what they had in Michael Carter until later in the season. And then they started using him. Cause if you look when Michael Carter was playing in healthy late in the season, or not let me say late in the season, but when he was the guy, he was getting all the work. It wasn't there was no real debate between him and and anybody else. When he was the guy, he was the guy. He was getting banged up a lot. And I think that is what kind of faulted or, or kind of halted his progression. But when he was in the middle of that season, I believe there were games where he was getting 12 plus carries every game. And there wasn't really anybody else getting more than three or four carries a game. And I think that's what you expect from a number one back in today's NFL. But I think this is a 50, 50 toss up backfield at the moment. I think it's the Washington commanders. And to be honest, I think it's, they're the, the mindset of, oh, it's Michael Carter's backfield. I think it's, I don't think it's real. Just like, I don't think Brian Robinson's backfields in Washington. I think they're going to be a part of it. I think they're going to be used and maybe used heavily, but I think it's a split at worst. I think it's 50, 50. I think Brees Hall is going to be that first and second down guy. Michael Carter will come in and spell him for first and second downs when needed. And then he will be the third down running back. I would envision their, their, their carries are close to about 150 apiece. Okay over the course of the season. Um, and then I would say the, the that you may, obviously you're going to have a third back in there somewhere sprinkled in getting a little bit of, you know, carries, but you're going to get 300 carries from, from your running back position. I don't, overall in general, just most teams aren't going to go to the season, especially a young team like that without running the ball at least 300 times. I would find that very hard to believe that they're not getting to the, close to the 300 mark as far as rush attempts. Last year, they, they rushed the ball for 380 times. That was yes. where they were they were at. So so yeah, I, the the one maybe okay maybe my numbers were. I, I, I was, was like, oh, you were one twenty and ninety something ninety five. Yeah, like, I, well, who else is getting the ball? Well, like I was trying to like I was I was like looking at what it was last year with like one forty seven. Like I'm trying to bump it down, but I don't think Ty Johnson gets. I don't think their third string running back at sixty one carries. That's where that's what the difference is uh, going into this year. Um, but when we look at their schedule, what's the biggest storyline within the schedule of the New York Jets? Oh man, it's the beginning. Oh my gosh. And you know, the one bright spot, if you look at weeks one through seven, you're at really one through nine. Before, yeah. Up until the bye. But I mean, even if you don't like it, their schedule is so hard, man. Listen, they get a break week two at Cleveland. And I know it's not much of a break, but at least it's without Deshaun Watson. But as much as I think they're going to be better, if they were started 0 and 9, I would not bat an eye. I would not be like, oh my God, they started 0 9. Like, <laughs> it's very possible. It's a tough schedule. Yeah. Pittsburgh, Cleveland, and New England. I'll say this right now those are must win games for the Jets. At Pittsburgh, which is a very tough place to play, but young quarterbacks, they're going to be just like you in that, in that aspect uh, versus New England at home. Again, not, you know, Mac Jones, we're not very high on New England as much. And then at Cleveland without Deshaun Watson. Those are absolute must-win games. And then on the back end, if you can get Chicago, Detroit, Jacksonville, Seattle, those are the games you have to win. At best, the Jets can do is 7-10 and 10 if they do that. Yeah. 
That's what I have. That, that's schedule. what I have, Matt. Tough schedule. And I, I, if we want to go into record, I'll tell you. I had them originally at seven and ten. Yeah. And then I saw their schedule, and I was like, you "Oh what? my gosh!" And I, <laughs> and I wanted to change it, but I, I they'll upset a team. They got Tennessee last year. They'll, yeah. they'll upset somebody. I think they can find a way to seven wins. I really, really do. I think they can beat Cleveland. I think they can beat whew, New England. Maybe they go beat Miami right at home that week five. Maybe they get that division game. Uh, and then you get some of those easy games down the stretch. Seven's probably pushing it. I'll be honest. Yeah. But I couldn't and give I them think, a, I couldn't give them a worse record than the Patriots. I think I, I think I got to give, I think I got to go, oh man, I'm going to go six and 11. I'm going to lock in six and 11 for the Jets. Uh, just because I think, I think their wins are Cleveland. I think they're, oh man, Cleveland, New England once, Chicago, the Lions, the Seahawks, and you throw up either Jacksonville or Pittsburgh, one of those games. I think I think they beat Jacksonville uh, at home on Thursday night football. That to give them their sixth win. That's that's where I'll have the New York Jets. Six and eleven. Or six and twelve. No. Six and eleven. Jesus math, you know, at the end of these shows. It's brutal. Six and eleven. You got seven and ten for the New York Jets. Last but certainly not least, Aaron, where do the Jets fall in the preseason power rankings? Yeah, so um, I'm higher on the Jets than a lot of people. I wish Zach Wilson was there early in the season. We'll see how that plays out. But when you look at this area, it's tough, man. These teams are all right there, 7-10. and 10. Um, I have them slated right behind Tennessee and some mystery team that we'll put up there. Well, we're going to wrap up 17 through 24 here soon. Yep. Uh, we have them at number 23. Again, Zach Wilson, question marks. Got the New York teams back to back there. I do like what they've done with the young, the young players mixing with veteran players. Um, their future looks bright. The Jets coming in at number twenty-three on the Sac City preseason power rankings. And that does it for another two teams down in the list of thirty-two teams. We've got a few more season previews to go before. It's all in the books, and we're getting down to the nitty-gritty of the full predictions. Who's winning the Super Bowl? Um, next week's going to be a great lineup. Aaron, who do we have on Monday? Monday, 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 Monday. We stay in the AFC. We, we ended on the AFC East here. We stay on the AFC East. We go Patriots-Dolphins. So mm. we get to we get to really round out that AFC East. Obviously, we, we know Buffalo's later on, and we, we know they're going to be up near the top. So, yeah, um, yeah Patriots-Dolphins on Monday, and – should be should be good uh, i get to talk about my favorite two two of the smokiest teams that we have on the show is the tennessee titans and the new england patriots so you're not going to want to miss that episode live at 10 a.m eastern time right here on youtube uh until then though don't forget to follow us on all of our social media pages at the sac city pod on facebook twitter instagram youtube and tiktok be sure to subscribe share leave us a review tell us what you think of the show and interact with your fellow sports fans um, and have some fun. Don't forget, we are sponsored by Manscaped. Please get your Manscaped products today uh, and use that promo code SACCITY at checkout to save 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Worldwide. 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 All right. That does, though, for another episode of the Sac City Podcast. For my best friend, Aaron Mukes. I am me. We will see you 
Monday. Peace out. I guess bye. Thanks for listening to the Sac City Podcast. You made it this far, so you must have liked that show. If you did, go ahead and think of two people you could share this episode with. We can never have too many people in the city, so don't forget to hit that follow button. Sac City, population, one more. <laughs>